Hey y'all, welcome back to my podcast. Um, I really hope you enjoyed the last episode where I talked about my story and how God has used me. Um, And today I want to be talking about how God is love. And this is just something that's been laid on my heart a lot recently. And I don't think I'll be touching much into my story or anything. It's a lot of just what the Bible says. But I think that that's really good and really important. Um, So enjoy listening to me rant for 5 to 10 minutes or possibly more. Depends how long I rant. um, About how much God loves you and what love really is. So I want to start with what love is because I think that the world often distorts the image of love because we look at love in a romantic or like a friendship type relationship. But it's the thing is none of us can achieve true love because none of us are perfect. The only one who can truly love anyone and have a good relationship with them is God because God is love. And it says this in 1 John 4, 8 where it says anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And then it also says it again in verse 16, 1 John 4, 16, where it says, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and, whoever ab- and God abides in him. Ah, struggle there. B- both of those verses tell us how God is love and about how if we do not know God, we do not know what love truly is. And I think that this is so good because we decide that because we're human we have the power to know what true love is but we really don't know what it is because true love would have no flaws true love would not have the problems that we have in the world true love would not have war true love would not have divorce like we think that we know what love is because we have fractions of what god is still left in this sinful world but in reality the only true example that we have of love is god because god is perfect and Jesus is perfect, and we see this in God's character, and we see it displayed in the characteristics of love, and I think that this is so good, and it's something we really need to remember, because we assume that we know what love is, because we see it around the world, like we see a couple holding hands in the park, we assume that we know what love is, but the love that you're going to feel from holding someone's hand, versus the love you're going to be feeling from worshiping the Lord, your Lord and Savior, like those don't even compare, Like, Jesus Christ is love. God is love. And the Bible literally says so. And I think that that's so cool. And it's something we don't focus on enough. And we don't say enough as a church and as Christians. Because it's like, we think that we know what love is. But we don't. Love comes from God. God is love. And I think that that's just such an amazing, amazing thing. I think that this is why when we feel God moving in us so much, we feel such a change and we feel like I was talking to my friend, uh, met her the other day and we were talking in my car and we had just done Bible studies and we're talking about how good it feels, like how different you feel after you read your Bible. And it's because when you're reading your Bible, you're experiencing the presence of Jesus and experiencing the presence of God and the presence of Jesus is experiencing the presence of love. What we felt in our cars when we were doing our little Bible studies, even if it's just a little section, we're feeling the atmosphere of love. Like we are feeling God and we are feeling love. And it's something we can't get from any earthly relationship. And we can't get it from your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your best friend. This is an experience you only get from God. And I think that that is seriously the most amazing feeling is just being in the presence of your Lord and Savior. And I think that we look through the Bible 
and we'll look at instances like Jonah. So the story of Jonah goes, uh, Jonah was called to go to Nineveh by God. Jonah was a prophet. And there's an entire book about this. We just did a sermon at my church about this. But um, Jonah is called by God to go into Nineveh, which is this horrible, horrible place. Like there's this very bloody place there, the type of culture where you would kill your enemies and display their head on your doorstep. Like this is a bloody, bloody culture, y'all. Like this is bad. And God says, Jonah, you're going to go tell these Ninevites that if they don't repent in a certain amount of days, I think it, I don't know how much it was off the top of my head, but God says, y'all, if you don't, Jonah, God says to Jonah, Jonah, go tell them if they don't repent, then they are going to be destroyed. Like I'm going to destroy them. And I think that if we look at that beginning section, we look at the wrath side of God's love and we look at the anger in God's love. But the thing is, the anger is for our own grace. Because if you go further in the story, um, after Jonah does some crappy stuff where he's just like, yeah, no, no, I'm not really a fan of these Ninevites. I kind of freaked out by them. I'm actually going to go in the opposite direction, get on a boat, almost kill the entire crew of the boat, realize that it's my fault that the storm that almost killed the crew uh, realize that that's my fault, uh, get off the boat, get swallowed by a fish for three days, give this, like, half-hearted prayer where Jonah just basically goes, yeah, like, Lord, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry now. I'm sorry now that I've made a mistake and been punished for it. Uh, and then he finally goes to Nineveh, and he is just like, yeah, so repent. And the Ninevites do. The Ninevites do repent, And it seems annoying because we look at that story and we're like, why would God send Jonah into a fish? Why would God even say he would destroy the city of Nineveh? Nineveh? Doesn't that make God, like, doesn't that make God angry, not loving? But I think that what really happens is that sin distorts our image of love. So what happened is Jonah sinned. Jonah broke the rules. Like, Jonah did not listen when God called him. Jonah went the other way, and then Jonah had to deal with the punishments, not because God didn't love him, but because God loved him so much that he knew Jonah had to grow. And if you look at Ninevites, the Ninevites were faced with a potential consequence, not because God didn't love them. God loved them. God loved them so much to the point where he made a way for them to be able to learn about him. God gave them the example of love in this story. Because he loved them so much. And our sin distorts our view of his love and turns it into anger. Because it seems like every time that God has to do something and interact with some people, it seems like it's in an angry way. And like the Tower of Babel. Well, these people are going up to reach the heavens and it seems like God destroyed their tower by changing their languages. It seems like God does this out of hate and out of anger. But no, it's love and it's mercy because these people were about to ruin themselves searching for heaven for so long when they were never going to get there. God didn't stop them because they were getting to heaven. That's not what happens in the story. In the story of Babel, it is these people who come together and decide to build a tower. And God is just like, yeah, no, because you're going to destroy yourselves looking for this image of heaven when I am right here all along. Because we're looking for this image of love in every circumstance we go through. We're looking for it in a boyfriend, in a brother, in a sister, in a mom, in a dad, in a best friend. We're looking for a clear image of God. 
or we're looking for a clear image of love and we're looking for an example. We're looking for that perfection love and we yearn for it. We need it because we feel so unloved in this world and we look for it in every other place. But if we're really looking towards God, we feel it in a way that you would never expect because we get the truest and most amazing image of God that you would never expect because God is love and because God's mercy is what saves us. See, the thing is, we look for love in every single place except for God because we think that we don't need God in this one thing. But the only place where you're going to feel real love is through God. Because if you're sitting in your room and you're feeling left out because your friends aren't hanging out with you anymore, or you're feeling left out because people are talking behind your back, or because your parents are treating you badly and saying bad things, your parents and your siblings are chipping in. Like, these are all distorted images of love because we don't know what love is if we don't know God. And we go back to them and we yearn for that love and we go back to those friends that that we know don't like us. We go back to those people who hurt us time and time again because we're so desperate of love. When God doesn't call us to do that, God doesn't call us to go to those who hurt us. God calls us to go to him in love because God is love. And I know I've said that so many times, but it's a phrase that just needs to get in your head that God is love. Okay, so if we're talking about God and how God is love, I mean, we have to compare it to what he actually says. And it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Alrighty, so that's what the Bible says about love. And I think that this is a clear example of like, we search for these things in so many places. We search for love in every single place that we really are. But like we search for patience and we search for kindness and we search for it in every relationship we've ever been in, whether a friendship or an actual relationship or a parental relationship, we search for it. But the real love is the patience of God because we think of like the story of Jonah, for example, like with the Ninevites. We're like, God was not patient. He didn't give them any time to repent. But they had years. Like, the society had to grow. The society did not come about apart in a week. And a week later, God was like, ah, yeah, no. Y'all are getting destroyed or y'all are repenting. No. They had time to repent. God was patient. God gave them enough time that he added in some wiggle room for when Jonah went off and did whatever he was doing, wasting time. Like, God is patient. God is kind. And we look for these symbols in every single relationship we're in. And it's so stupid. It's utterly stupid because we expect perfection from every person we're around. Especially if you're around other Christians. I know for myself at least I will have a reaction with some. um, I know for myself at least I'll have an interaction with some of my friends. And I'll expect them to give me a perfect answer. An answer that I could only get for the Bible. But the only times I get that is when they tell me directly from the Bible. Because we are not meant to be love. We are not love. We reflect love because we're made in the image of God. Like we reflect love, but we are not God. We are not love. And the only times that we feel true love is when we're worshiping or when we're praying or when we're learning about God in the Bible. And I think it's just so important to remember that like no matter how much you want to fill your life with earthly circumstances, the only way that you are ever going to feel complete, the only way you're ever going to feel true satisfaction is from 
Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is love and that is something that we search for and not having love is simply inhumane. We were built to be loved and we are built to love and the only way we will ever ever satisfy that hole in us is by learning about who God is, learning about the love he has for us and truly experiencing it. Um, so that was my rant about love. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I hope to see you next time. And yeah, and hopefully I'll have someone on here with me next time. We'll see. Alrighty.